This is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen. Hello, career reviewers, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Diana Rosen, and today's episode is going to be a very special one because I'm actually taking some questions from one of the listeners. I'm going to go ahead and keep this person anonymous as they have asked me to do so, and with all the respect, I'm going to do that. And these questions actually can be general enough that it's not super specific to the person who sent them in, and I think that they can be super beneficial to everybody who's listening to the podcast. I'm actually also going live on TikTok while I'm recording this episode because there are going to be enough time in between the time that I record and when this goes live. So if you want to join me on TikTok, you can do it. (laughs) I actually call myself their careers in review as well. Super simple. All of my social media accounts is careers in review, except for LinkedIn, of course. It's my name, Eviana Rosen. All of those will be linked in the show notes. This amazing follower has sent me an email and they have a few questions on regards to this climate and the job searching in this particular space. So while we do that, let me go ahead and prepare myself to go live on TikTok. And not too long ago, I actually posted a video as well on LinkedIn's new feature, which I'm going to be talking about in just a second. So this is my first time doing this, answering questions and going live on TikTok. So if it sounds a little bit, you know, all over the place, please bear with me. I'm going to try to have a little bit more structure when it comes to the Q&A. But I thought it'd be super helpful to do this on the podcast because I do get tons of questions on my DM. And as opposed to me answering them one-off or doing them on my socials, I figured it would be best to do it on the podcast because sometimes it's just easier. And a lot of people who listen to the podcast do not follow me on social, which by the way, you totally should. The very first question that this listener has is one that I get asked all the time, specifically on my social media accounts. And I think that everybody that's joining and that's sending me these DMs feel exactly the same. So first of all, I want to say to this listener, thank you so much for sending this question. And please stop feeling guilty about this. This is something that this person said on the email is that they feel guilty about yet not having to have found a job. And they believe that it's because of this reason. So essentially what they're saying is, What advice do you have for a candidate with an extended gap on their resume in this job climate? So I would need to know how extended that means because that's relative, right? So for somebody, a year would be a long time. For me, a year was a long time. For other people, five to 10 years would be a long time. Let's assume that extended means more than three years. Essentially, in this case, you're going to unfortunately have to put in a lot of work and a lot of the legwork to know and realize that it's going to be a little bit harder than other people to be able to find a job in this climate. I think it's hard regardless when you do have a gap on your resume that you cannot explain away, that you were probably doing something very legitimate, like taking care of someone else on your household or maybe taking care of a child, or maybe you just took time off because you needed it for your mental health or whatever the case might be. I'm not sure the the background story here and it doesn't really matter. But if it's a really extended gap, hiring a coach is probably not going to help. It does not matter how much tweaking you do to your resume. It does not matter how much tweaking you do to your LinkedIn profile. It's just going to put in the hard-earned work of really building relationships and being patient, which I know it's really probably not what you want to hear. But It's just what a lot of people with gaps in their resume have to do. And so it might take somebody anywhere between 
three to four, maybe even five months might take you up to 12 months to do, especially right now in 2023. We're recording this in June of 2023 and it's slim pickings out there, let me tell you. And I'm not saying that to scare you away or anything. Right now, it's just a really tough job market for everybody. Even for people who are currently employed, I've heard, listen, I'm, I'm boots on the ground. I'm in the business. I'm in human resources. I was just a recruiter not too long ago. And I've been a job seeker not too long ago as well. And I do have to tell you that this is one of the toughest job markets that I've seen. Some people disagree with that, but I do believe it's because there's two things playing here. There's a lot of jobs that are posted, but I believe that companies right now are being super careful on how they're making these decisions. Because in 2021, there are studies and essentially these companies have said that they overhired. They brought in a lot of people into the company and sometimes they even duplicated headcount, aka they hired two people to do the same job. And then so they realized later on that they shouldn't have done that. And they ended up having to either lay off people or cutting financial stuff elsewhere, which essentially is not what companies usually want to do, but they essentially have to do. And so right now, they're being a lot more methodical when it comes to making these decisions because they don't want to have to make the same mistake. So going back to what I was saying, the reason why this is a tough market, and sometimes people say like, why do you even say that there's just so many jobs posted? There are, but it's taking people twice as long to go through the process of being hired because the companies are just taking a lot longer to make decisions. And on top of that, if you think about it, there's so many qualified folks that either were laid off from really big name companies, people who have a lot of skills and a lot of senior talent are out in the job market right now who essentially are willing to take jobs that are less than what they're supposed to be working on just because they can't find anything else or they're not able to find a job at the same level that they were at the other companies. And so there's a lot more competition for people who are either entry to mid-level. So think about those things a little bit, and that's what's essentially making this job market a little bit tougher. So if you do have a extended gap on your resume, you are going to have to put in the legwork on building relationships. Yes, you do have to do everything else that people talk about, like having a good LinkedIn profile, having a good resume. And if you do want to know what those things are, I'm going to be linking some resources on the show notes for you to understand what those things are and resources and templates and other show notes that I've brought in other experts, not just for me, other people that essentially can tell you their own personal opinions and from their own backgrounds. On top of that, you are going to have to be very strategic, very focused. So essentially, when I talk to people in this particular space, they've been out of work for a long time. They have been trying and doing everything they can in their power to essentially get into the field or even change careers because they've changed course throughout their search because they can't find anything else. They don't have a job search strategy. When I talk to them, I said, well, what do you want to do? And they don't know. And sometimes that's okay because sometimes they just get confused, frustrated, and at, this, at some point, you say, I just want anything. <laughs> I've been out of work for so long. I just want anything. And so when it gets to the point of desperation, that's very noticeable, not only with the person that's interviewing you, but also with the person that's looking at your resume and talking to you. A company doesn't want that. They don't want to come across somebody who's essentially willing to take anything and everything. And so it's very important for you to understand what is it exactly that you're looking for, why you're looking for that. And so I remember talking to someone who was out of the workforce for a very, very long time. They've decided to stay home to take care of their family for other reasons. And one of the questions that I asked was, you know, you've attempted to go back to the workforce before and you realize that you weren't ready. 
why do you think that you're ready now? And they were stunned. They were like, wow, I didn't think of that. I've never thought of answering that question. Thank you for asking it because now I can prepare myself because I'm sure that a lot of people are going to ask me that when I am essentially going through the interview. So it's very important for you to understand that you need to have these answers prepared because if you've had a long journey waiting or looking for a job or essentially you've taken the break and now you're coming back, you need to be able to answer those questions in a way that you don't feel stumped, in a way where you don't feel like you've been asked that question for the first time. Those are the main tips that I can give you for somebody who has been out of the workforce for quite a bit now. So make sure that you're ready to put in the work, which I'm sure you already have by the time that you sent me these questions and these emails. But also realize that you're going to have to have a stellar application where you can really stand out from the rest because there's other people who are either unemployed already who are looking for a job and people who are employed, unfortunately, are just much more attractive to employers because they're more desirable. When they are essentially looking for people who are either unemployed, have been fired, laid off or whatever else, there's just an unconscious bias behind their mind that they're less desirable. It's human psychology. When somebody is about to be taken off the shelf. It's, it's like a product, right? So it, it just, it's gross to even talk about it that way, but that's just what it is when it comes to companies and employees. When something is about to be taken off the shelf, they just feel a little bit more like, ooh, I want that. Like, I want what everybody else wants. It's the same thing when it comes to somebody being unemployed, competing for other jobs and things like that. Just make sure that you are really prepared because you are competing with other people who are either employed, very well qualified, who don't have a gap. And something else that you have to be prepared to talk about as well is... What skills have you been obtaining throughout the time that you were not in the workforce? So it's not so much that you've taken a break, it's what you were doing during the break. It doesn't have to be big or anything. It doesn't have to be like throughout the whole time, but recency really helps. So if you've been out of work for 10 years, but in the last year and a half or even two years, you were taking courses, certifications, or even just being a part of a membership where you've been keeping up with the news, or if you're in the tech industry, like, you know, the changes that have been going on with whatever software you are working with and things like that, that's going to be really important for the employer because essentially what they want to know is if you know how to work the system, you still know what it's like to be in corporate. This is going to be very important for you to stay up with the jargon, what's going on, make sure that you have friends that are still in the industry, people who know what has changed within the laws or whatever else within the industry and ask questions. Say, hey, like, give me the crash course and what has happened in the last 10 years. What's relevant for me to know? Somebody that you can trust that can tell you like the one-on-one. If you watch The Office, make sure that you don't come across people from The Office when Andy decided to go on his three years boat trip and came back and the whole office just fed him with a bunch of baloney. (laughs) And then he came in front of David, which is the VP or the owner at this point, the CEO, And he just started telling David all of this stuff that wasn't true because all of his coworkers or people underneath him, because he was the manager at this point, were telling him that that's what happened. And so you have to make sure that you are talking to somebody who you trust, who's going to tell you the truth and what's going on in the market, in the industry. So I certainly hope that that's going to answer your first question. Make sure that you rewind and go back and take notes of what I was just saying on what advice I have for a candidate who has an extended gap on the resume in this job climate. Hey, career reviewer, I'm interrupting myself because I have something super exciting for you. I want to give you a free resume review. 
This usually go for $387. You can check out the link to book a regular call on the show notes. This offer is exclusive to my podcast listeners, and I do these reviews on IG and TikTok lives every week. All you have to do is leave an Apple or Spotify podcast review, take a screenshot of that, and send it over to careersinreview at gmail.com. That email is careersinreview at gmail.com. In that email, you're going to go ahead and attach that resume that you want me to review. Be sure to remove any personal identifiable information and give you permission to review that on a live. And I will give you all the personalized tips on how to make that resume better so that you can apply for the job you want. If you can make the live on the scheduled time, do not worry because I'm going to go ahead and send you the replay. Now, back to the show. The next question that this listener had is although this person is not an entry-level worker, they were hoping to transition into a new field. Should they consider such jobs for this job search? So essentially, this is another misconception that people have when they are transitioning from one industry to the next or even transitioning from one career to the next. It's like, oh, I don't want to start from scratch. I don't want to have to take a pay cut. I don't want to have to start from entry-level. Some instances that's going to have to happen because some industries just work that way. But the majority of the time that I've worked with people that I've mentored, there are a lot of transferable skills that you might not be thinking about that you don't necessarily have to start from scratch, specifically on the soft skill aspect of things. And I don't know what background this person really has, if it's more technical. It's harder on the technical aspect because if you lack that technical background, that's going to be a little harder for you to transition that into a more senior role for software engineering, for example. But if it's you know, a sales position and you want to transition into a recruiting role, or if you are a recruiter and want to transition into like an HRBP, things like that, like a little bit more, that has more synergy between each other when it comes to those jobs, you do not have to start from scratch. So yes, you could consider entry-level jobs if that's really what you want to do. But first consider, you need to do some skill mapping, essentially. What are some things that you have done What is the historical data in your mind that you can essentially take a look at, some bullet points that you can consider of things that, oh, you know, I'm taking a look at this job description of this new role or this new industry of this career change that I want to do. I don't necessarily have done that in the past, but I've done something very similar or something that is adjacent to that, or I've handled a project that has worked with a, a sister team to that. So I'm familiar with the work. And I'm very confident that I can pick that up pretty quickly. Or you can even talk to somebody who's already doing that job. So that can give you like a shadow opportunity to look into the behind the scenes of what that work looks like. And that's another way for you to understand if, be honest with yourself once you get those opportunities, if that's something that you would be better off setting yourself up for success. If it's better to go into an entry-level position as opposed to just doing a lateral move from your current position into a new role, to a new industry, a new career, or if you are ready to just go at the same level over you are right now. Something else that you need to consider as well is that sometimes when you are a very senior person in a position and you're looking to transition into something else and you're applying for entry-level positions only, that's essentially something that might be holding you back because when the recruiter is taking a look at it, or it's like, hmm, this is a very senior person. I wonder why they're applying for an entry-level role. And they might see that you might be doing that because you think you don't qualify. But a lot of senior folks have a lot of advantages on being able to retranslate a lot of that experience to something else. So you might be hurting yourself more than you think you're helping yourself. So just make sure that you're taking that into consideration when you are 
applying for jobs, as opposed to just thinking that you can only qualify for entry-level positions. The next question that this listener had was, should I be direct or mention it in cover letters? I'm assuming that this is related to the first question I just answered, which is transitioning from another industry or field. And this person wants to know if they should mention that in the cover letter. Cover letters, if you follow me on social media, you probably know how I feel about cover letters. I think it's going to depend on the industry. Specifically for career changers, I do agree that cover letters could give you some benefit. And it can be extremely helpful to have a cover letter to help you with explaining away your background, the reason why you're doing what you're doing, and how essentially your past experiences can really translate into the new role. So yes, I think that if you are going to utilize your cover letter, might as well just be direct as opposed to just kind of brushing it off because that's the issue with cover letters is just a lot of generic stuff and a lot of templated things that people can just find anywhere else. And and that's what essentially doesn't make you stand out. So just make sure that if you are going to do it, you're doing it the right way. And it's going to be something that you can directly answer the question as of why you, why now, and what are the things that directly translate into the new role that you're trying to apply to. The next question that this listener had is, This person saw that I transitioned from higher education into other positions. So yes, I started my career in recruiting in higher education. I started recruiting for teachers. The way that I transitioned was essentially I was in the school of business at my my job. And so I transitioned into a business position in the corporate space. So what I did was essentially going back to those bullet points that I was talking about, it was really easy for me to tighten that gap between education and business because I was already kind of embedded into that school. You know, sometimes colleges have like different schools, school of education, school of business, school of art, school of engineering, all of those things. I was already in the school of business. So I feel like I already was intertwined a lot (laughs) with the business jargon and the language and all of that. So I think it was pretty easy for me to make the transition because one, I had a lot of connections. I was already working towards that for like 18 months or so to know that I had that 30,000 view look of what I was looking for, which is why it's going back to the very first point I made on having that job search strategy of what it is exactly that you want. What are you looking for? When do you want it? And what are the things that you're going to do, the step-by-step process of what are you going to do to get there? So that's essentially what I did. So the skills that I highlighted essentially to transition from higher education to the business world, it wasn't really that difficult because I wasn't really changing careers. I was only changing industries. And that's a little bit easier to do than to do the other way around. It's a lot harder to transition careers, even if it's in the same industry, than it is changing industries within the same career ladder. So I was going to be a recruiter from education to the business world just changing industry. So it's just a lot easier to learn an industry than it is to learn a brand new career. So again, if I don't know a lot more context as of what is it exactly that you're doing, if you're changing completely careers or just changing industries, I hope that that answers a little bit behind the scenes of what I did to be able to transition from education to the position that I had in corporate. So the main things that I essentially concentrated on is really have a plan when was I thinking of transitioning? So essentially I gave myself 18 months that I wanted to get out of higher education. One of the main reasons is because, you know, I just, I was doing that for a little bit. I wanted something different. I wanted to recruit a different profile outside of just teachers. 
And then I started making connections. So I knew that I wanted to go into the financial industry, financial firm. So I had a background in business because I studied business. So that was my educational background. And I don't think you need that, especially for recruiting. That's just something that's not needed. You don't even need a degree to be a recruiter. But that was something that I think helped me a little bit. And then I just make sure that I also connected with my alumni office. I told them, hey, this is what I'm planning on doing. Can you help me just make some connections? And they did. I also had a wonderful mentor at school who essentially owned an agency and she made a few connections for me to have initial interviews. So again, I've been super, super blessed and privileged on having the connections I have. But again, I am an immigrant to this country. So all of these connections I've made from scratch (laughs) and I've sweated my butt off creating these opportunities for myself. So it's not like somebody has handed it off to me. I've made sure that I've made strategic connections and relationships with people. And sometimes they're not even strategic. It's just the way that I am. I make friends pretty easily and people just get to know me. And so a friendship just blossoms out of that. And so I think what I lack on the technical aspect of my life and career, I think I flourish when it comes to the relationship aspect of that. So like left brain, right brain, right? Like that's how you have to think about it. So those are the main things that I did. Once I was ready, I really prepared myself to answer those tough questions. Like, why do I want to change? Why now? And how am I going to bridge those gaps between myself as a candidate and someone else that's already in the industry that's checking all of the boxes, that's not missing anything? How am I going to set myself apart from those things? Another question that this listener had was, One of the things that I find the most overwhelming about the job search is simply not knowing what companies are out there and what roles are attainable. Do you have a strategy for discovering new research and companies? This is a great question. It's something that I get asked all of the time. So I'm so happy that this listener was able to send in this question. Yes, that can be really difficult and overwhelming because there's just so many companies out there. The possibilities are just endless. Something that I do, it depends on like the type of industry that you want to be in, the type of company that you want to work for. Like the first question you need to ask yourself is like, what do you want and what don't you want? Those are the main two first questions you need to ask yourself. What are the things that you can live without and what are the things that you wish you wouldn't have, for example? Like, are you looking for flexibility? Are you looking for benefits? Are you looking for salary? Are you looking for work-life balance? Make yourself a list a bulleted list of the things that you must have when it comes to a company. Because for example, if you're looking for work-life balance, if you're looking for structure and, you know, when a company is going to tell you exactly how things are, everything's going to be organized and (laughs) you're going to have pretty much everything to a T. You're going to have an onboarding team and an onboarding document. A startup is probably not going to be for you. That's just not going to be a good mix. Now, if you're looking for those things that I just mentioned that a startup is not going to give you, a more bigger company is probably Fortune 100, Fortune 500 company. That's essentially what's going to give you all of those things, like more stability, really good benefits, more structure, a full-on-blown onboarding opportunity, and more work-life balance because essentially they have more resources, they have a whole team that can support you when you are ready to go out for PTO, things like that. So once you have a list of the things that you do want, things that you don't want, then you have a more narrow list of the things that you want to look for and where to look for it. Now, when it comes to the strategy of how I discover and research companies, I simply just do a Google search on, you know, the type of companies that I want to work for, like Series B companies that have gotten funding in the last insert years, right? Like XYZ years or unicorn companies, or you can even search for job boards specifically for XYZ companies. 
or job boards for companies that support XYZ benefits, companies that are known for supporting XYZ costs or whatever the case might be. So this is just going to narrow your search a lot quicker. And then you can just have like a spreadsheet that can help you keep track of these things and can help you be a little bit more organized when it comes to your search. Something else that I like to do as well is do a quick search on job boards that are not LinkedIn or Indeed. Because I know that it's just like so oversaturated with people that look for jobs on those places. And it's important sometimes to just broaden your horizons. And then you will come across companies that you would never even would have heard of. Something else as well is to go on LinkedIn and search for people who already have the jobs that you want. Take a look at the companies they work for. And then go on a rabbit hole. I do know that these companies, Zapier, actually, I just learned about this not too long ago. They just started doing this, I want to say maybe a month or two ago. And if you apply for their jobs and you don't get the job, they will send you a rejection letter and then they will tell you, hey, like you didn't work out for us, but here's a list of companies that have very similar products to us or are competitors to us that I think you would also like to check out. I think that that's super cool and so innovative. First of all, like so empathetic towards the job seeker. And I've never heard of any other company doing that. So I think even just getting yourself into that pipeline of people who work in companies like this, again, the company is called Zapier. It's Z-A-P-P-I-E-R, I believe he's spelled. And essentially what is a tech company and what they do is they're integrators between one platform and another. So let's say that you use an email marketing platform and you needed to connect to... I don't know, like your social media platform to send automated messages to your followers and they don't talk to each other. But you use Zapier to make sure that you're integrating those two things at the same time so that you can make it do what is it that you want it to do. I think that's what they do. But again, don't quote me on that because I've never really worked for them, nor have I ever been in the search for it. So I don't, but the reason I came across them is because I heard from a recruiter who works there that this is something that they've implemented, which I think is super cool. You can also do, if you know of a company that you're really interested in, but you've been rejected or you've know potentially that, or you're telling yourself that you don't think that you can apply there because this company is too out of your reach, do a search and say competitors to XYZ or smaller companies similar to XYZ. That can give you an idea of how to discover and research companies a little bit more sustainably and continue that list going. Just have a list between... 15 to 30 companies that you're really interested in applying to and then have alerts on them every time that they post a role that's similar to the one that you might want to apply for. Start also a list per company of 15 to 30 contacts that you might want to get in touch with. And this is how you're going to start having your network to build out. It's just like a network of things. And it builds out from there. So, and this is a numbers game when it comes to networks, especially on the internet because it's just so oversaturated. And there's really not a wrong or right way to do this. You just have to go with your gut when it comes to reaching out to people. Just make sure that you're not being rude, that you're not being entitled, that you understand that people are busy and that this is not their jobs to help you. It's your job to help yourself. Once you understand this, it's going to be easy peasy. And also having that positive mentality as well that it's just a matter of time. And I get it. Sometimes, listen, I have a job right now, so it's probably coming off as like Tom Deaf or like coming from a privileged place. But I've been there. Like I I wasn't employed for 18 months. So I understand what this feels like. And it's probably super discouraging to apply for roles and not hear back or feel like you've been 
looked over just because you have a gap on your resume. But in reality is that the right company will come for you. The right company will take a look at your resume. The right company will pay attention. You just have to be strategic about what it is you're looking for. Understand the reason why you're looking for those things. Try to contact the right people. Try to understand how the job searching process actually works, who the key players are, and then go for it. Once you have all of your application stuff ready, you're going to get to where you want to go. I am so happy that these listeners sent send all of these questions. I think that a lot of people just ask me this all of the time. So I'm so happy to be able to have like a long form piece of content to answer all of these questions. I certainly hope that this is helpful for all of my career reviews podcast listeners. If you have any questions, please make sure to follow on social careers and review on Instagram and TikTok. And please remember that if you want your LinkedIn profile reviewed, all you have to do is leave a written review of the podcast. Take a screenshot of that, send it over to careersinreview at gmail.com. And I will be happy to do a free LinkedIn review for you on one of my lives. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope to see you back here on the next one. Bye-bye. From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. This is the Careers in Review podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com slash podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.